Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. And welcome to T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. The most fun you'll ever listen to while you're folding your clothes. Now let's get this straight. This is not your average podcast. T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio is super fun, super crazy. It's pretty much an in-your-face conversation. That's the good thing about us. We don't do interviews. We do conversations. All of my guests, all of my co-hosts, we chill. We drink, we play games, we have the song of the week, we have the creative curse word of the week. As long as you're having fun as our guest. Speaking of guests, each week I'm going to go through my whole contact list and dive head first into the world of music, gaming, exotic cars, tech, strippers probably, doctors probably, probably strippers that are only stripping so they can pay for tuition to become a doctor. You never know. My wife is a certified bartender. She'll make you a drink while you're here. We'll get you drunk and make you play VR after. It's a lot going on, but that's what it's all about over here at T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. See you soon, baby! Hey guys, welcome to CarCast, brought to you by our friends at JB Weld. JB Weld is available at jbweld.com, Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, AutoZone, Advanced Auto Parts, Napa, O'Reilly, Amazon, Michaels, and more. And remember, JB Weld epoxy products are proudly made in the USA. It's JB Weld, world's strongest bond. Well, this episode, we'll get you caught up on the new Ford Raptor. We'll take a deep dive into Lance Reventlo and Scarab and talk about, about a very unique cobra as well that's coming up for sale first i'll tell you about sleeper modern fantasy experience designed to connect people over sports with integrated chat and a sleek interface sleeper their users talk more and uh they communicate more with their league mates fantasy nfl nba even lcs league of legends free Zero ads, a genuinely premium experience, total control over your fantasy draft season, redraft, dynasty, best ball, sleeper. Um, they play uh, fantasy sports, and uh, you can play it. You can play it your way with sleeper. Brian uh, Ball Brian uses this uh, all the time. It's the fastest growing fantasy platform. Millions of users built almost entirely on word of mouth, and it's available at the App Store, Google Play, or on your desktop, download the Sleeper app and start playing today with Sleeper. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on. We're going to get it on. And welcome to CarCast, Matt of Coral. It's Matt, the moderator over there. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Doing all right. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Um, we got stuff to talk about. We have a very special uh, Cobra to get into today as well, which uh, I think is going to be uh, interesting. Uh, little, um, little, little walk down memory lane for uh, Lance Reventlo. Yeah. Who's an interesting guy. It's scarab guy. Interesting guy. story. Had the uh, Shelby shop. Uh, in Venice, you know, with mm-hmm. uh, Phil Remington and, you know, basically set the table for Shelby, uh, left the shop behind with all the tools and some yeah. of the master mechanics and fabricators. And and I think friends with James Dean and might have been with him right before he crashed and died. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, like, and like then, they had breakfast together and 30 minutes later. 
Oh, we can look into that. We can look into. Yeah, he's one of these uh, gentleman racer types whose uh, family comes from, I don't know, Woolworth Woolworth, or something. It was on the mother side. Right. And then uh, I got the same deal working with my mom. Yeah. She just gave me a whole bunch of cash and said, you know, go build cars. I I did read a fact that was like, and you got to account for which year, but. He got married as a young man. His mom was ill, couldn't attend, so just sent, gifted a $500,000 house. It's like, here, here's a half a million dollar house. <laughs> it's like our, it's like us. It's In, like our I don't know, in like 1940 some, or 1950 or 60 or something like that. Yeah, and then uh, I think died in the early 70s in a plane crash yeah. uh, looking, scouting <laughs> land. Colorado, Colorado. Yeah, I think he was 36. Young guy. Anyway, a very interesting story. So we'll (laughs) get into that. We'll get into uh, his uh, Cobra and the special car. First, I'll tell you about Craig Pockethole. The uh, Jig, the 520 Pro. Now anyone can easily create the perfect and uh, strong Pockethole joint with the Craig Pockethole Jig 520 Pro. It's uh, the most versatile pocket hole jig yet. Uh, they gave me one. I use it. I would have bought one if they didn't give me one. Um, it's something I'd been putting cabinets together this way for a long time because I worked at a Euro cabinet shop, and that's the way they put them together. It's just a lot faster than doing a rabbit or a dado. And uh, it comes with everything you need. Uh, you get the drill and the driver bits. You get the material gauge. You get a Craig Classic face clamp. You get a hundred Craig pocket hole screws. A project plan. It retails for just ninety nine ninety nine. It's available everywhere: Home Depot, Lowe's, wherever woodworking hardware stores you go. And now you can build uh, pocket hole projects anytime, anywhere. You learn more at Craig. That's K R E G Tool dot com. All right, so you've been driving some Lexi. So, yeah, is it Lexi? Lexus? Lexuses? Um, and I'm a, I'm a fan of them. Like you had one way back, the ISF, which was which was good. We like that car. The new LS sedan, I think, is gorgeous. The interior is fantastic. Um, but there's this th- there's a thing they're doing with this trackpad. They've been doing it for a while. You know, uh, I don't know why we all went to this weird kind of dial trackpad thing, but the Lexus one is incredibly frustrating. I feel like it's supposed to, the intention is supposed to be less distraction, keep your eye on the road, but the trackpad's weird. You have to find where the icon's going on the screen, and there's, I drove the RX, the SUV, the new one, and I believe that one has a touchscreen and a trackpad. But most of the Lexus vehicles, the screen is a little too far to touch. Mm-hmm. So you got to use the trackpad. And it's kind of getting to the point where it's almost a deal killer for me. Where's the trackpad? It, the trackpad is by the, it's in the center console, like mm-hmm. where your armrest is. Your, your mm-hmm. hand is there. But when you're moving it around, you have to look at the screen to see where the highlighter is going. You know, the mm-hmm. little highlight, they, it's weird. And it's, as much as I like Toyota and Lexus, when my, when I was looking to get a car for my mom, mm-hmm. well, she didn't drop off five hundred grand. <laughs> she didn't drop off five hundred grand. No, <laughs> if she was going to, I would have got married a long time ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I went with the Toyota Rav Four because mm-hmm. it was simpler and the touchscreen was kind of front and center and easy to use. Mm-hmm. And switching to the Lexus, it seems more complicated. Uh, 
I was talking to Nate the other day, right? He drives, I don't know, a Highlander or something like that. He's got a couple of Toyota SUVs in his lifetime. And he's like, I've been thinking of stepping up to the Lexus. And I said, look, the build quality is great. It's super comfortable. But you've got to test drive it and mess around with that trackpad because you may hate that thing. And I I just kind of feel like it's one of the weird issues with with Lexus. Yeah. I'm... um you know, it's it's interesting time because, you know, when I was growing up or younger, a car was either a stick shift, you yeah. know, first gear forward, second gear, pull it back. And that was about it. Four speeds, sometimes five speeds, but you, you knew all the gears. And or it was automatic, but it was just, on, you know, on the console, just pull it in, pop right. it in to drive. Everything's got its own flavor now. My, you know, my Lincoln's push button, which is fine. You know, I got it. But, you know, sometimes when people valet the car, jump in the car, they sit there for a minute kind of looking around. Yeah. I was uh, driving the, the little Cadillac SUV, and they got some sort of console thing that is – you cannot decipher this thing. It's like you push it forward – is it in drive? No, that's reverse. There's a right. there's a little yeah. button on the side of it. You put. I mean, you just sit in that car and you're clicking all the possibilities. Yeah. But reverse cannot be found. You, you're just you're just sitting there. I mean, literally, click click forward, click forward. It's not yeah. doing what you want. Pull it back. Pull it back. It's not going where you want. Pushing the button in. Pulling it to the left. Pushing it to the right. It's I I don't know like I don't know how that shit gets out of R and D because any human <laughs> who, who got into that car just sits in the car and go yeah. I cannot find I well, can't get it to go into reverse. This is kind of what we're running into as more and more technology. And don't get me start on the volume. The volume <laughs> is not on the dash. The volume yeah. is on the console. You can't see. You're just staring at the dash. You're pushing the, buttons. You're turning knobs. The Lexus N- has that. As nothing's well. happening, and you're like, where is the volume? As more and more technology get in, gets into these cars, it's becoming ergonomically more difficult. Like the Lexus has the trackpad and the UX, which is the small Lexus based off of the Prius platform that I was driving. They're starting to realize, oh, the trackpad's a pain in the ass. So you can control the volume on the steering wheel, but next to the trackpad is like a little dial, like a spinner dial with your finger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, But it's not up on the dash where you think. And And you're right. The the Lincoln has the piano key buttons for park and drive and whatever. Once you figure out where they are, it's okay. But other cars, which is a weird dial, like I, I'm driving this Volkswagen Passat that you saw as well. And here's a small thing that kind of bugs me. It has a conventional automatic stick right in the center console. Park is forward obviously reverse, neutral, and then it's like drive and sport. But when you get in the car and you don't look, right, you just put your foot on the brake, slap the stick down to get it into drive, it's in sport at the end, right? So right. It, it should be like reverse, neutral, sport, and then drive. That way you can slap the stick all the way down, not let look, Right, you know, but now you have to go down and up one, or you have to look and stop in the middle. It's like ergonomically, it's weird, and this is kind of a small gripe. So, you know, Phil, he's a big dog. I got a little dog, but the little dog stands on the the armrest on the center console and is constantly on the trackpad in the Lexus and pushing the buttons and windows are going up and down when he's on the door. He's like, what? What's going on? I, Aaron Hagar has an old Mini Cooper, nineteen sixty Mini Cooper, and he. His little dog, 
By the way, his name is Pesto Luso. Pesto Luso. Yeah, he's named after Pesto the and Luso the, the Ferrari. Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's got a little Italian flavor. Luso means luxury, I think. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Uh, in, in the, he had a little harness on, but he was in the Mini, the 1960 Mini, and the, the door latch, the handle is a little button, and when he went to stand on it to look out the window... The dog didn't realize, Aaron didn't realize, he pushed the button, door flew open, Pesto goes flying out, Aaron grabs the harness and brings him in, but Pesto is out the door off the side of, and he's like, what the hell? And it turns out there's a little tiny pin that, Mm -hmm. that prevents the lock from happening. So, I don't know where we are with, it's just like so many things have progressed in technology and sort of these weird things and... Shift indicators going up and down and suck into the dash and pop out of the dash when it starts. And it's like it's getting a little too. Yeah. I don't know where it started. Maybe the 7 Series BMW had like a little column shifter, but it was like a push button for park. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the iDrive and the BMW as well. Yeah, the iDrive. Yeah, that drove everyone nuts. And everybody seemed to hate that, but everybody went to some version of it. Mm-hmm. And now they're all terrible, and everyone's just kind of figuring out touchscreen's the way to go, right? right? Just just do the touchscreen. <laughs> yeah, it's also as you know, you know, as our nation and our kids. You know, my kids are very touchscreen centric, adaptive. You know, they're used to it. I'm used to a column. You know, <laughs> yeah. like I'm used to. A mechanical positivity where you feel it click into yeah. that gear and my kids are you know all about pushing pushing the screen so <laughs> i i think they're going to be fine with this that's that's their world i'm a yeah. i'm a dinosaur and i'm used to things that are have a, a little more positive positivity mechanically like you can feel it yeah some of the cars have like a haptic touch to it so even when you push like a touch screen or something or a or a or a flush button it gives a little feedback oh, in your really? finger right almost like a vibration you know it feels like a click without being a click well, which is kind of interesting i wonder if we i was just looking at this uh vid which um will play nice uh audibly as well but um Nate went out and shot out this uh, Lance Reventlow uh, Cobra, and there's kind of the Cobra story is told in it. I'm guessing Chris has it somewhere, or Rhino. I don't know where either one of them are. I can see Chris now. Um, So I'm wondering if we should play this and um, let people sort of hear the story of the the Cobra before we get into it with the uh, owner, which is uh, Tony. Cue that up, and we'll put it up at carcastshow.com. First, let me tell you about AirMedCare Network. Health insurance doesn't always cover the cost, the full cost of an emergency medical flight. Even with comprehensive coverage, you could get hit with substantial co-pays and deductibles. Plan ahead in an emergency. AirMedCare Networks, um, AirMedCare Networks, I should say. Uh, They have highly trained crews that provide uh, medical transportation and nearest most appropriate trauma center. With an AirMedCare Network membership, you pay no out-of-pocket expenses for the flight. An AMCN membership covers your entire household for as little as 85 bucks a year. 
you can secure your financial peace of mind. And CarCast listeners get up to a $50 e-gift card with a new membership. So visit airmedcarenetwork.com slash CarCast. Use the offer code CarCast and uh, get that $50 e-gift card and get some peace of mind. All right. Uh, shall we play this clip? Have you seen this? No. It's a nicely put together shot of this Cobra. The Cobra is a 1962 Cobra. So that's a hmm. really early Cobra. And uh, it was, I think it's the Lance Reventlow Cobra. So it's evidently the Cobra he got from Shelby when Shelby was m- moving in. And um, it has something interesting on it has knockoffs or spinners but it has the halibran wheels on it okay. i don't i don't think that's something i've seen on like originally Cobra. It I, has, yeah just, well according yeah. to this we'll yeah. we'll play it for you downdraft webbers mm-hmm Um, yeah, this looks like Calibrand. An interesting figure. This is Aaron Shelby. Sports car racing. He was, came from a wealthy family, decided that he wanted to get into racing and develop his own cars, and he did. Uh, the first American Formula One car and the scared sports cars as well. Carol and Lance raced against each other in a number of races in the 50s, and then they got to be friends, both being in the Southern California. It was an interesting relationship, and, and Lance really, I think, has a, a marquee role to play in the success of American sports car racing. CSX 2032 is a very important car because of the fact that it binds together Shelby American and Lance Revetla. You know, back in the early 60s, it was an interesting time. You had Lance and Carroll who raced against each other in the 50s. And as Lance developed his Scarab cars and Carroll got out of racing, it was fortuitous for Lance to be shutting his shop down and Carroll looking for a new shop to develop his Cobra car in. Without Lance Reventlow and his shop, there probably wouldn't be any Shelby's today. His whole shop that he had, Lance Reventlow, everything, equipment, employees, all of it was turned over to Carol Shelby when they made their agreement. And this car was part of that agreement. CSX 2032 was a car that was built for him. Uh, it had a lot of the comp options on it, and it was one of the most option covers at the time it was built. It was built originally with the 260, and it's got a 289 in it now. After this car gets sold to a new owner, that owner has an opportunity that no other collector car that I've ever known in my career that spans over 40 years has, and that's to have a doc drama done for this car. And the relationship between Carol Shelby and Lance Revetlock. When that is done and produced and finished, and it's out there and people are watching it, this car will go through the roof. And there's no end to where it could go to. Well, there it is. Yeah. Well, that's uh, a cool car. Am I right with those Halibran wheels? Or am I making yeah. that up? Yeah. It's kind of interesting how it's outfitted but also uh, an engine swap but i i know we're this is just a teaser but i'd like to know maybe we can ask when did this swap occur did shelby do the swap the uh 260 for the 289 yeah 
Yeah, because obviously the early ones were 260s, the very first iterations yeah. of the Cobra, and then they uh, went to the 289 and then the 427, uh, sort of uh, ultimately. Well, well, we'll get to talk to uh, Tony, the owner, in a couple of few. Uh, but interesting. i um, always always been kind of fascinated by Lance Reventlo just because, you know, I, I like, you know, I always try to kind of figure out, like, is this person lucky? Are they not lucky? You know, on one hand, you come from all this money. You do all this racing. You develop the Scarab. You know, the Scarab, by all accounts, is a really good car. It just had some bugs that needed to be worked out. And he never really worked it out. And uh, but they're worth but you know multi multi million dollar cars the, now. Yes. The Scarab you're talking about one, but he he called his cars Scarab, but he made like what a couple of front engine cars and a rear engine car, and and they were all Scarab. Yeah, well, he made like seven or eight cars total. Yeah, I know because John like, Morton rolled one of yeah. them. Yeah, and, 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 and that, a, that's the one where you and I most mostly references yeah. that car yeah but he didn't he didn't have the kind of success that he probably wanted to yeah. have and then he handed this or you know gave sold the shop to shelby and then shelby became shelby yeah which is probably what lance would have liked to have done uh but he didn't and then when he's young he dies you know scouting real estate <laughs> in, a, in a private plane so it's like did he have a good life was he lucky was he unlucky i i don't know the answer is all the above right well he he died in a, in a plane crash when he was 36 and this note that chris handed me said that on his 21st birthday uh his mom gave him twenty five million dollars. So really, <laughs> yeah. and adjusted for today's inflation, that's like twenty seven five. Yeah, right. In nineteen fifty seven. I mean, honestly, this warehouse we're sitting in in nineteen fifty seven was forty one thousand dollars. Yeah, like I mean, that's the kind of that. That's twenty five million back then. Well, by the well, way, that's when a well, million was a million. And Lance is already worth seventy five million dollars before he got that twenty first birthday present. So that's equivalent to almost a billion dollars today. Yeah. Wow. So he was worth it on paper because he was he would inherit the ownership some ownership stake of the world Woolworth department store, but but then I don't know. I don't know how she gave him twenty five million. If that's his mom actual was, cash, <laughs> yeah, his mom was one of the richest women in the world. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Hey guys, let me tell you about uh, Good Guys. It's the Good Guys Rod and Custom Association. It's coming to Loveland, Colorado. It's the twenty third Colorado Nationals, presented by Griot's Garage at the uh, Ranch uh, Events Complex, September. T- 10th through the 12th. There's over 2,000 classic cars and trucks on display with an autocross, a burnout competition, a vintage dragster exhibition as well. There's a huge swap meet, a specialty car auction going on uh, you want to check out. Bring the whole family, live entertainment, a model and pedal car display. The kids' zone is completely free. You can get your tickets at goodguys.com. It's good-guys.com. Free admission for kids six and under, but if you want, you can go to goodguys.com, use the code CarCast, get $5 off your ticket. Let me also tell you about our friends at Geico. Whether you own your home or rent your home, either way, it can be a lot of hard work. 
But you know what's easy? It's bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And that's a good thing because you already have so much to do around your home already. So just go to GEICO.com and get a quote and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. All right. We're back from break. Tony Begley is the uh, owner of the car. He's also uh, ClassicMuscleCars.com is uh, where you can go if you want to uh, say hi to Tony. Tony on the line? Yeah, we're um, So let's talk about uh, this uh, interesting uh, vehicle. Um, it's, uh, it's a 1962, correct? Yeah, Shelby Cobra. Is that one of the earlier, must be one of the first first units, right? Yeah, uh, serial numbers, they started at 2000, so this is 32, so it's a 32nd car built. And, and you know, keep in mind, too, they were kind of unique because the bodies themselves were built in England, and then they were shipped here, and then they had installed the engines and did all the, the things that they put on the Cobras. Yeah, additions. What uh, what year did Shelby take over Reventlow's shop in Venice? Nineteen sixty two. And did he pretty he... much uh, signed a lease in August of nineteen sixty two, uh, and that's when he started there. Did he sell him like physically sell him all his uh, equipment in the shop? Uh, as far as we know, under the research, when he took over the shop he took over everything he was able to get the whole machine shop and uh, all the equipment that went with it and keep in mind too this was a manufacturing facility so you could basically let's say the way Reventlo were using it after the cars were built if they got wrecked and they had to go in and get a new frame section because the back end was tore off the car they could basically rebuild everything from scratch, it wasn't like they could go to the parts store and get a part for it, you know. Yeah, so how, how that's much, how it was set up. How much success did Reventlo have, and why did he get out? Uh, he had quite a bit of success. One thing that was changing when he did quit was a lot of the cars were going to mid-engine cars. And uh, he was going to have to do a lot of changes, but I don't think that was the reason why he got out. He did get one mid-engine car together, and A.J. Foyt actually, I believe, in the first race uh, won with it. But um, uh, An Indy, and I think an that Indy, was a, Indy Form, car? Formula One? Or Formula One? No, it was, uh, it was a, uh, a Scarab, uh, but it was a mid-engine Scarab. So it was a road, a road racing car. Yeah, Formula One. Yeah. He... Uh, he, he raced, I think it was in Bahamas. Uh, Lance Reventla had a lot of drivers that uh, raced for him under his name and, and raced a lot of the Scarab cars, including Carol Shelby. Carol raced a few times with him and so, for him. So uh, just, to but, be, just to be clear, A.J. Foyt was driving a F1 Scarab. Yeah, that was yes. the experimental one. That's where they changed the position of the engine. Mm-hmm. So, and that was the only one they built at that point in time because Reventlo got out. And I think uh, looking at the whole situation, it wasn't because of money. Um, that wasn't the issue at all. Uh, it was because uh, he was married to Jill St. John. Jill St. John did not like the lifestyle. Um, 
they were always going out, you know, after the races and you know how us guys are, we're going to have some beers and party and have a little fun. <laughs> uh, she just didn't really like that lifestyle. She was more, uh, you know, proper, wanted to go to real elegant hotels and so on and so forth. And the guys were just, Hey, let's get together and, you know, let's drink some beers and talk shop and, you know, cuss and <laughs> beers yeah. and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And she didn't like that lifestyle at all. Um, well- she did have uh, some time, though, in Nassau when they would go down and race there. Um, I spoke with one of the uh, women, uh, Patsy Kennedy, who was actually at that time one of the race car drivers at New Lancer Ventlow. Um, she actually taught uh, Jill St. John when they were there racing how to water ski. So it was kind of <laughs> interesting. So what is the story of this particular Cobra? The... What is it? You mean what is it all about? No, the the well, story of this that, yeah. of this car. Or yeah, obviously Lance Reventlo, it sounded like timing wise, he leased the shop to Shelby and then he asked Shelby to to build him or to spec out one of these cars, one of these early cars. So why don't you tell us what the original to the best of your knowledge, what was the original spec of this car and is it is it that way now, or is it a little different? Because I, I understand there's a little bit of an engine change. Yeah, it's it's different. It's been changed. But uh, the whole reason behind this car was built to start with, uh, Lance Reventlow and Carol Shelby had a business arrangement. Now, we got our information firsthand from Bruce Kessler. Bruce Kessler is um, a very well-known producer, but that's not what he did back in the day. He was uh, a consultant to Lancer Ventlow. He was his best friend. Uh, when they went to high school together, Lance and Bruce stayed at uh, Bruce's home in Beverly Hills. And uh, so they were that tight as far as the friendship was concerned. Uh, so he was the one to go to to find out the information that we found out. And it took years for us to get to this point i've been working on this car myself for uh looking at the documentation and research for over six years so in january of this year one of my uh, partners uh michael avante has a really good relationship with bruce and um, they had some interviews and we found out that uh basically the car was used in a uh, business con- uh deal it was constructed to give a little bit more security to all the contents that were in the building and also the lease and help put uh, uh, Carol in business there. And keep in mind, what Carol did was to basically get the keys and walk in and he was ready to work. All the employees that were there, it was up to him to keep them or let them go. He kept a lot of them. Uh, Phil Remington was one that uh, became really well known for everything that he did in his lifetime. And uh, there was a lot of others, but um, he was instantly ready to go in there and start putting his uh, cars together. They had everything they needed. And that equipment that they had from the people that I've talked to that worked in the shop was the best. Lance Reventlo had a lot of money. So when they bought things, they bought the best of the best at the time. So, so it was a great opportunity as far as that goes. So what what be, what is the story of this car? What what became of it? Who did Lance use it? Did he own it? Did he never take delivery of it? What what is what is the lineage of it? 
Well, he took the car basically, and after they had it for a while, he did. He put plates in the car. There's proof of all that. So yes, he did own it. It's also verified by uh, uh, Bruce Kessler. Uh, but uh, the car went into storage, and we had five years that we did uh, all the research on that. We couldn't figure out what happened to the car, and that's when we were able to get to that story and that part of it when we talked to uh, Bruce Kessler. So it was in storage up to 67, and it was brought out, and it went up for sale at that point in time. Um, Is it coming up for sale again? Yeah, we have the car currently up for sale. And um, over the period of time that we've done this work for the research, it's amazing because you get um, a lot of people involved in a car. So over a period of years, you have to, if you're taking back, you're doing research and documentation on the car, you got to go all the way back as far as you can and talk to everybody that was involved in the car, whether it was a little bit, a lot, a owner or somebody that worked on the car or somebody that painted the car, whatever you try to get all the information you can. And as we dug back into the car, we finally got to the, to the end of the line with Bruce Kessler. And, um, it's, it, it became a car that we were shocked because basically you're looking at a car that, uh, was the centerpiece that held this business deal together, um, in terms of collateral and there was other things, but, uh, um, if it hadn't been for this car, there may not have been any Shelby's today because that was a uh, security for this uh, business arrangement that was made between Carol and, uh, and uh, Lancer Venlo. Tell me about the, uh, the, the engine change. It, it was originally spec with a 260. When did it switch to the 289? Did Shelby do car, that or was that later? No, it was later. Um, that, and we don't know who switched the engine. We do know that one of the owners, Bill Kemper, who was in Barrington, Illinois, um, had the car and it had the 289 in it. And I'm not sure if Bill put the engine in it. Could have been. He's a Cobra collector, and he's had quite a few Cobras, and he had the car for about uh, eight months to a year. Um, yeah, I was talking to uh, Nate about uh, doing a dock on Lance Reventlo because we just think – you know, we love doing the deep dive, interesting stories. There's, you know, there's a few guys that are out there for us. The Whittington brothers has yeah. been kind of floating around for a while. Right. Uh, there's uh, Lance Reventlo. We're t- we've been sort of preliminarily getting into that. There was, um, God, who was that NASCAR driver? Uh, Tiny Lunn, I mm-hmm. think his his name was was a was a. Hey, he has a crazy story. But uh, Reventlo is just one of those names lost to history that uh, most people don't know. Right. But it's always been, I've always had him in the in the back of my head as like one of the most interesting stories in racing. And and also yeah. there when everything was going down, just maybe not in the in the spotlight. So in a, in a weird way, kind of a Pete Brock character, like like maybe Pete Brock in a way, was to Carol Shelby what Lance Reventlow was to Carol Shelby. Like, Shelby's the guy, 
everyone knows. Yeah, but yeah. Brock was the instrumental guy, and Lance, you know, wouldn't have been possible and, without. Those and there's guys. an interesting story with right. with Revent Low because he was, I imagine, a bit of a playboy. You know, wealthy, well funded, young, good looking guy. His stepfather racing. was Cary Grant. Yeah. So we're reading <laughs> one right. of them. Yeah, he had his mother was married seven times, so <laughs> <laughs> he had a few stepfathers. But you're right, uh, Cary Grant, and he was—he uh, remained close to Cary Grant all the way up until he got killed in a plane crash. He was—was was he 36? 36, yeah. God, such a such a young. Who knows what that guy would have accomplished? Uh, yeah, had he, had he lived a full life. Uh, Tony, let me give uh, let me give out a plug to uh, where people might be able to find this car. Is it is you? Should I just give your website, classicmusclecars.com? Uh, it has its own website. It's csx2032.com. Uh, a lot of pictures, a lot of history, a lot of photographs are on there. A uh, lot of uh, pictures of the documentation, the original invoice. Uh, so it, it's it's a very thorough website uh, for that particular car. It, so are you selling can, the car directly or is it going to an auction? Uh, right now, we're... I have been selling the car uh, and still doing research on it. Every day that goes by, I find out something different. I mean, the people that were involved in this whole car and Lance Reventlow was incredible. Um, Lance Reventlow, every time I'd, I'd go somewhere and get some more information, there would be three or four other people that popped up that knew Lance Reventlow. Um, one of the, r- the race car drivers was Augie Pabst. We're all probably familiar with Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, he <laughs> raced for the company and he was one of the heirs to Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer. What I understand, he's still alive. He's still in Wisconsin. He still has the car that he actually raced. Um, wow. So, wow. I mean, it's incredible <laughs> when you think about it. And uh, I know one of the cars was sold to Nikki Chevrolet for all of us Chicago boys that loved Nikki Chevrolet. I mean, they used to race it, and uh, that car now, as far as I understand, is in Michigan. So, all right. So, I give uh, Tony give the website out one more one more time if people want to go check it's, out the car. Okay, it's csx twenty thirty two dot com. All right. Well, uh, and not going to an auction or going to an auction. Well, we haven't we we've had some offers from auctions right now, but uh, we're we're going to obviously look at it uh, pretty close and see uh, which auction is going to be the one that we should really take the car to. So, uh, with with all the auctions coming up in Scottsdale in January, uh, we have a lot of interest in it, and we got to see where it's going to do the best that we think it'll be. All right, well, go to that website and take a look at a really interesting uh, piece of history. Tony Begley, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Tony. All right, so let's see. Yeah, yeah it's a cool car. I was I was going to even ask like about price, but knowing how the auctions work, you typically want to meet with the auctions, go through the history, and then have a discussion about an estimated range and kind of work it from there. So I, I, I didn't want to force anybody to throw a number out right away without having that opportunity because we'll see it, you know, when it when it, when it it comes up. But I, it could I, be interesting. I think Cobras, Cobras are starting to move up. They were kind of flattened out for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my kind of theory of the big brother, the movie – 
Matt Damon, GT40s kind of going berserk and yeah. all things Le Mans. I, I feel like the GT40, you know, once it crossed 10 million bucks or 20 or 30 million bucks, I feel like it's pulling the, it's starting to pull on yeah. the Cobras a little bit because I do see those things moving up. All right. Let me uh, tell you about uh, JB Weld. We're going to play our hypothetical stoplight game, Matt. I wish you luck. Uh, JB Weld, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, this uh, product's been helping you guys for over 50 years. Wood, plastics, metal, ceramics, it's all it's all JB Weld. You just get, you know, they have a different product for everything. So whatever, Sonny's tennis shoe or, you know, stonework in front of the house. And they just acquired Herculiner, the original DIY truck bed liner. So if you're looking for the world's strongest truck bed liner, Herculiner has you covered. All right, we're going to play the... The game. Here we go. The hypothetical stoplight game. Brought to you by JB Weld. Well, I'm in such a hurry tonight. But I'm gonna have to stop at this light. On the left, I got a van with big wheels. On the right, I got a pickup in teal. Van to the left of me, teal truck to the right. Here I am, stuck at a light behind you. Ugh, those teal trucks. <laughs> Blah. I, ugh. I'm right about everything. When those things came out, I was like, what? What the fuck color is that for a truck? And they, I just, does, here's my question. Does Ford sell a teal F-150 now? Not that I'm aware of. Why not? Because it's dumb. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a genius. I just announce things are dumb when they're when they come out. <laughs> right. It takes everyone else three. It takes everyone else fifteen years to, to circle out it was around dumb the whole time. Right? Yes. All Haircuts, right. Pokemon. <laughs> I cover it all. Hit me, Chris. All right, Matt. So you are out of your JB Weld Clear Weld, the crystal clear drying adhesive. Uh, so you're going AutoZone, and you get behind the lane. Uh, you, you can choose between these two lanes. You could either get behind. The Chrysler Sebring with the side mirror duct tapes and the brake pads grinding. Mm-hmm. Or you get behind a teal truck. You get behind the teal truck. Wow. So first of all, that Sebring should have JB Weld that mirror on instead of duct taped <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's, uh, oh, uh, this is... Uh, well, I didn't even know you were going to say teal truck. I just have I called to... an audible. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well, let's just assume it's uh, it's the old Ford pickup truck, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get behind the Sebring just because uh, you know if they get scooting first, then we don't have to spend too much time staring at the teal truck. So come on, Sebring, let's do it. Mm, no, I'm sorry because this the the Ford has a, a V8. Yeah. It's it's got a lot of torque off the line, and uh, the guy's driving the truck. That guy's he's he's a business owner. And I mean, his small business, he does a uh, gutter work and he's in <laughs> okay. a rush because he's running late because, you know, gutter work guys are in demand. Yeah. So he's on the Sebring guy. That guy's, you know, this close to homeless and, uh, you know, older and he's you know, bought the car new, but he's driving it into the ground and he's got nowhere to be. So it's not right. really about the All actual right. performance of the car per se, but it's more about the sense of urgency. The guy in the truck is working. Is what I got I'm you. Yeah. All right. Sorry. All right. He's making money. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go to our next round. Brought to you by JB Weld Original Twin Tubes, the original steel reinforced epoxy adhesive. 
Matt, you can get behind lane one, a 2020 Subaru Crosstrek with those badge of ownership stickers, the custom stickers you could add on. And these ones are for family, road trips, and love. Mm-hmm. Or you get behind a 64 Chevy Impala Lowrider in the low position. Oh, the low position. I saw one of those at the stoplight in front of my Costco the other day, and he raised that beak up in the air of that car, and he yeah. just left it there. Sweet. <laughs> oh, in the parking lot? No, at the stoplight, and then oh. he drove away with that thing oh. all all angled up and weird in the front. I was the like, cam- the Check the camber. The camber's always... It's a disaster. Yeah, it's a disaster. What he needs is like a plexiglass floorboard or something so you can see out when the nose uh, is, you know? Yeah, like Hemi under glass. Like Hemi under glass. He needs a little bit of that. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna get behind this Subaru because, uh, well, first of all, they sell love, not cars. And second of all, uh, I think this guy's showing off. I think the lowrider's got some work to do. You know, he's got to raise that thing. You can't just leave a stoplight in low position. Well... <laughs> Yeah, they're both incredibly slow. And the lowrider, no doubt, is taking off at a snail's pace. But the Subaru guy's not moving at all because his son, who's in the back, has just announced he's transitioning at 13. And the driver... Wait late. It's a little late in the game. I know. Has turned around to, to address it and to sue them and to tell them that he will support him and to... Ask him for his pronoun. So he's not moving at all. <laughs> so he's, there's a pronoun discussion There's happening. a pronoun discussion yeah, in the Subaru. In front of the Costco. I Sorry. All right. All right, man. Let's try one more. All right. This round brought to you by Herculiner, the original DIY truck bed liner. we got a celebrity edition. Mm. You can get behind Eric Bana in his 74 Ford Falcon XB Coupe or mm-hmm. Dexter Holland. And it's custom, it's custom black van. Yeah. Oh, this one, this one's a layup. This one's easy. It's Eric Bana. First of all, he's a race car driver, mm-hmm. right? And he's in his hot rod, and he's driving the hot rod. If he didn't want to go fast and show off a little bit, he would just call the studio, whatever, get his ride, get the fancy limo over there. But he's he's having a good time. Maybe it's a day off, and uh, he's going to hot rod out a little bit. So uh, uh, Eric Eric Bana all the way. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry. Hold on, hold on. I gotta hit you the horn. See, I was right. I feel like that was, that was the win. <laughs> no. I don't know how you could go back on it now. <laughs> so, I'll tell you what's happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dexter's a dear friend. Yeah. He recognizes that's Eric Bana. Mm-hmm. That's the guy from uh, the Hill movies. He from Batman. <laughs> Hulk. 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 He recognizes. <laughs> yeah. he, he sees it and he goes, "Oh, that's that yeah. guy." Right now, Eric Bana, he looks at Dexter. He just sees uh, he just sees a black van. Right. He doesn't know who's yeah. in that. He doesn't recognize him. You know what I mean? He's not a big offspring guy. But but Dexter recognizes Bana. Okay. And Dexter's a trained pilot. So yeah. Dexter realizes, oh, that's the Hulk, and he's driving a souped up seventy four. 
I'm going to catch him off the line. So Bannett just takes off. He doesn't know there's a competition here. But but in Dexter's mind, there's a little celebrity competition. So he thinks it's funny. He's, he's like, I'm going to smoke him in the van. Yeah, I'm going to smoke him in the van. But it's kind of a sucker punch. But, but all <laughs> Banna but all Banna knows is there's just a, a just van, a crazy just guy a custom a van. van next to him. <laughs> right. Uh, right. I'm sorry. Right. Sorry. Yeah, all right. All right. What do we got with the new uh, Ford Raptor? New Ford Raptor. By the way, that, that, that game that I never win for some reason, I literally did this the other day. I got up, I was moving some stuff and I got behind. Uh, the panel van, you know, like the produce shitty giant van and the the young woman in the new Mercedes. And I was like, I'm getting behind the Mercedes. There's no way this van's going to move. Van totally smoked the Mercedes. <laughs> well, a, a lot of guys, especially like, you know, see the guy that's driving the UPS trucks yeah. and stuff. They're always behind and in a hurry. That's right. And it, it's not their gas. <laughs> that's true. That's that's true. But you're right. The the produce guy just smoked them. So new Raptor. We The Raptor's been out. Gen 2 of the Raptor's been out for a little while. Uh, this is the revised Gen 3 version of of the Raptor, uh, they needed to go after the Ram TRX. So the new Raptor, uh, I, I haven't driven it yet. A lot of people have been testing it, invited out to some events. The embargo has been lifted. And, of course, it's as cool as you want every Raptor to be. Big changes in the suspension, believe it or not. Uh, and the most significant thing is no leaf spring in the rear. They've switched to a coil spring. Oh, thank God. And uh, it's not an independent, obviously, but the coil spring definitely allows for a smoother ride, a lot more control over high-speed whoops. And uh, when you're when you're for traction on accelerating, right, you can mm-hmm. get a little bit of a, a squat in the back, a little bit different. So it is kind of cool to be able to do that. Uh you can get it with a 35-inch tire, so it's an optional 37-inch tire package, which is interesting for the people that buy the vehicles and go to the 37s, because I don't know if you've noticed, but the vehicles today are, again, we were talking about the technology. There's cameras and sensors and stuff all over the vehicles. When you raise a vehicle or lower a vehicle, oftentimes it throws off Mm -hmm. all of the cameras, right? If you slam a new Audi, the camera is too low to the ground. It won't move. It hits the brakes because that Mm -hmm. car hits the brakes. And there are some vehicles that when it's raised, the vehicle doesn't know what it's doing. It thinks things are, I don't know, too far away or the angle's wrong. So if you can buy the vehicle with the optional 37-inch tires from the factory, Uh everything's calibrated. So we're trying to figure out in the app aftermarket how to calibrate it but the new f-150 that we we drove uh you know like over the past year Mm -hmm. the the larger screen all the new revisions in it some of the things we talked about were uh the automatic shifter in the in the center console that has a button and it lays flat so you can flip out an armrest and mm-hmm. make yourself like a like a desk if mm-hmm. you're on the job site. Mm-hmm. Power plugs in the back. All of those features are now in the Raptor. Is so the power you, plant still the V6? Yeah, so it is still the V6, but 
next year there's supposed to be a Raptor R. So the current Raptor is still the V6. I think it's still around 450 horsepower. I'll have to mm-hmm. double check on that. Mm-hmm. But next year they're saying because they want to compete with the TRX is the Raptor R could have the Shelby GT500 engine in it, the supercharged V8, 760 horsepower. Maybe with some exhaust routing or something, it comes in a little bit less. Or maybe they just want to say 750 because they don't want to one up their mm-hmm. their Shelby. But somewhere in the seven and a half <laughs> horsepower range uh, next year. And where's GM with all this? Is uh, they're kinda, still kinda waiting on the, the Raptor? Ball, like they, yeah, they they they're uh, kinda, sorry, uh, wait, waiting on the Hummer. Sorry. Yeah. So, but that's going to be a, a pure EV. The Silverado has some off road packages, but. Nothing as extreme as uh, they're the, just kind of staying out of the fray. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's a lot of aftermarket companies that are 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 doing things with superchargers and stuff like that. But I just there hasn't been a, a, a Raptor competitor or a TRX competitor uh, from Chevrolet or Toyota or whatever. But I think the new Raptor is going to be very cool. All of the testing and the high speed stuff, and they brought a bunch of journalists out, and they're jumping that thing, and it's flying through the air, and it just looks like a lot of fun. I mean, all right, let me tell you once again about Air Med Care Network. Health insurance doesn't always cover the cost, the full cost of an emergency medical flight. Even with comprehensive coverage, you could get hit with substantial copays and deductibles. You got to plan ahead in emergency. Air Med Care Network's highly trained crews provide air medical transport to the nearest and most appropriate trauma center. With an Air Med Care Network membership, you pay no out-of-pocket expenses for the flight. An AMCN membership covers your entire household for as little as 85 bucks a year. That's everyone in your house for as little as 85 bucks a year. You can secure your financial peace of mind and, um, CarCast listeners, get up to a $50 e-gift card with a new membership. So visit airmedcarenetwork.com slash CarCast and use the offer code CarCast and get that uh, up to $50 e-gift card when you sign up. All right, Catalina Island, Descanso Beach Club. That'll be uh, this Sunday, September 5th, and I'll be doing stand-up over there. Then Royal Oak, Michigan. Be doing stand-up there uh, September 10th and then the 11th, uh, heading over to uh, Kansas City, Missouri, Arvest Bank Theater on the uh, 11th. So just go to Adam Carolla. I'm doing shows all over the place, so just go to adamcarolla.com and find out uh, when uh, when I'm coming to a town near you. And uh, going racing, eight new episodes. you got to watch those if you like car shows. It's a very unique an interesting take on it. It's our Pluto TV channel, Chassis Channel 687. What do you got, man? Yeah, I'd like to see what you guys think of the show. Let us know what you want in the next season. Yeah. So uh, definitely check that out. And uh, just give me a follow at Motorator, and I'll keep you up to date on the, the cars and stuff that we're driving. So until next time, I'm Curl for Matt, the Motorator, DeAndrea, saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com.
Hey, movie lovers, who needs a theater when you have Pluto TV? Grab your popcorn and your streaming device because free movies are here. Pluto TV is your home for movies. Great movies are playing anytime in over 20 exclusive movie channels of action, horror, rom-coms, and more. Watch hits like Saving Private Ryan, Pretty in Pink, and Charlie's Angels all for free. No signups, no fees, no contracts. Ever. Download the free Pluto TV app on any device. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting, you want to save some money? How about your bundle? Bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save at Geico. That is Geico.com today. That's Geico.com.